Thanks, Ray. And we are going straight to earthquake-stricken southern Turkey, close to the Syrian border, where our own Justin McCarthy is reporting for us. Justin, where were you this morning? And can you paint us a picture of what you have seen there? Well, Carl, I've just come from a town called Nurdagi. It's uh, close to the border between Turkey and Syria. It's near the city of Gaziantep, which was near the epicentre of this earthquake. It has a population about the size of, I suppose, Drogheda. Um, It's been completely wiped out, Carl. There's not a single building that's functional in the town. Every one of its 40,000 residents are homeless. They're now living on the streets at the side of the road, those who are alive, or they've moved to other cities in Turkey where it's safer for them. And it's cold here. Um, It's freezing cold. There's snow on the ground. Uh, People huddle around campfires to keep themselves warm. When you arrive in the town, the first thing that hits you is the smell. You can smell three things. You can smell smoke from the campfires. You can smell burning wood, building materials, whatever they can burn just to keep themselves warm. Then you can smell fuel, diesel from the diggers uh, working to try to rescue people from the rubble. And the noise is all around, the noise of machinery, of rubble being shifted. And then from the rubble itself, you can smell death. You can smell the smell of decomposition. Um, There are so many people who were trapped under the rubble in this town. Mostly um, the people who stay here now are are there because they're waiting for news from under the rubble, news of their relatives. And uh, Carol, they haven't given up hope yet because when I arrived... Uh, search teams there. They were looking for four people trapped under one building, a mother, her two children and a neighbour. Yesterday in the same area, six people were recovered from the rubble alive. Uh, They'd been down there for five days, buried in mounds of concrete and they were pulled out alive. Uh, Among them was a baby who was fed by its sister and emerged from the rubble, sucking its thumb, starving with the hunger, but crucially alive. And, And those are the stories that are giving people hope here. Yesterday as well, Carol, um, rescuers got a message from underneath a large collapsed building and the message was a text message. It said that there were 13 people uh, down there and that they were uh, trapped in a pocket under the building and were still alive. So rescuers were frantically working through the night to try to get those people out and they dig and they dig and every half hour or so they stop. And they stop everything, the traffic, the machines, everybody goes silent and they call out in Turkish, can you hear me, can you hear me? And then they listen and it's, it's the most eerie silence as, as you listen for signs of life. And Justin, and Justin, you're hearing first-hand stories yourself too of lives ended, families shattered. Can you tell us what people are saying to you? Yes, uh, I, I, I am. Uh, when I was in Nurdagi, I met a young woman who was, uh, she was sitting on a chair around a campfire by the side of the road. Uh, be- behind her was a collapsed building, which used to be her uncle's home. Her uncle was a policeman. His wife also worked for the police force and they had two young children, a baby boy and a five-year-old boy. And, and they told, she told me what happened to her uncle. My uncle, uh, they, are, they are sleeping and after earthquake, the house, his house collapsed. They had two children, his two children and his wife. So we couldn't, we couldn't rescue them. We wait, we wait like that for him, but he, he's dead. They are all dead. The whole family are dead? Yes. 
Nobody is left for them, for him. All Turkey is living this tragedy. Your your uncle was a, a policeman. Yes, he was policeman, and his wife is policeman also, policewoman also. Our family is planting a tree for him right now, and we are going to that a, a few hours later. My uncle wants every time. He wanted to do good things for people continuously. So I came here for him, to help people, for him, in the name of him. And Justin, as you say, there very cold nights and mass homelessness, now a huge humanitarian problem. That's right, Carl. There are two things that are going to uh, happen here next. A decision will have to be made about whether they're going to keep going with the searches. Rescue workers, they're exhausted um, and hope of finding anybody alive is is fading. Uh, It'll be very difficult uh, to stop those searches, a very difficult decision to take, but that's a choice authorities will have to make. And the other thing is what to do about those tens of thousands of people who are now living on the streets in the cold. Where are they all going to go? How long can they continue to live without cooking facilities or running water or without toilets. Um, there, there are growing health risks for those people too and growing security risks, especially for the children, hundreds of children, thousands of children who are sleeping on the streets uh, all around southern Turkey. Justin, thank you. Our reporter, Justin McCarthy, reporting from the affected area there in southern Turkey.